Welcome to Meraki Mentors, a podcast featuring women who create. We interview creatives from every field and around the globe to discuss art, risk-taking, and what it means to live a creative life. Here's your host, Candace Howes. Well, welcome back to Meraki Mentors. This is your host, Candice, and I am super excited today to um, introduce our next guest who is going to share a little bit about um, her journey as an author and as a speaker um, and just in general, some um, really helpful tips that we can take into our own lives and our own um, adventures as artists as well as professionals and individuals. So today we have Chris Natha DeRozier, and I just want to, first of all, um, thank you so much for spending time with us today and for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So I'm going to give you an opportunity for a moment just to kind of um, introduce yourself to the audience in your own words and just kind of tell us um, what you do and kind of how you would um, identify your work personally. I am super excited um, to be on today and to share um, with everyone listening. I am Chris Natha DeRozier. I am an author, a speaker, and a masterpiece coach. I assist women go from confusion to clarity uh, concerning their purpose, helping them discover the masterpiece within themselves. And so I also help them just to figure out how to begin operating in that purpose. And I also have the pleasure of helping women become authors, getting their story out, writing their story for the world to read, to make an impact. And of course, adding an additional stream of income. That is fantastic. And it's really exciting to see that um, you've been able to kind of streamline um, so many positive things um, for women and that can really help them to um, to just kind of reach their fullest potential, which is what we're all about. So that's very inspiring. Thank you. Um, so what, I guess we can kind of get started with what, um, kind of drew you to, um, this career path? Was it something that happened recently or did you always kind of, um, you know, find yourself on the the path to kind of empowerment and helping people? I have always had a desire to help, uh, people. I personally, uh, had a heart for women from a young age. I grew up without a sister. And so I always longed for that. And so I was always bringing my girlfriends together, um, making up just, you know, events at my house, (laughs) just reasons for us to (laughs) literally get together and have a reason to do an activity together. Let's do vision boards. Let's do something. And let me help you accomplish whether it's a goal or something like that. And that's pretty much how the desire began to grow and develop in helping people. And in terms of writing, that's something I've always loved to do as a very shy young girl. That was my way of expressing myself, even though I couldn't verbally say it out loud without being terrified. I could always write it in a composition book or journal. That's awesome. And I, um, I can definitely identify with both of those things in terms of writing, um, especially I was very much the same way, especially as a kid being kind of quiet and loving to write um, and wanting a sister too. So I completely identify with both of those things. Awesome. Well, hey, girl, you my new sis. That's right. 
<laughs> what was your kind of journey to bringing these personal experiences and your kind of natural affinity for connecting people and writing? How did you first kind of see that you could turn it into a business and something that actually was beneficial to other people? In terms of helping people, it was something that I was doing already. I didn't realize it at the time. I remember me and a group of girlfriends, um, we came together, decided we wanted to have a weekly women's Bible study. And literally we were meeting in each other's mm -hmm. living rooms. And we did this every Thursday for nine years. Wow. And we were consistent. And I realized that we were really growing. We were changing. We were able to watch each other grow as women. And I said, wow, you know, like this is powerful. This is the power of community, power of accountability. And it was something that I was so drawn to and I just really loved it. And then later on, I realized um, and learned about what life coaches do. And then so I went and got my certification and started coaching other women. And in terms of becoming an author, I truly believe that me being an author was birthed out of trauma. I um, had some childhood mm -hmm. trauma that I was holding on to, and I did not want to talk about it. I thought, hey, I could just bury this in my memory, and I'll be okay. Um, I was really good mm -hmm. at my life looking good on the inside, on the outside, rather. Um, outside perception was very important to me. And so long as everything looked okay, then it was okay. But that trauma caught up with me, and I had to start dealing with some things. and. I didn't want to be judged about anything. So I knew I could go to my journal. And so I journaled the trauma and I kept writing and kept writing and kept writing. And then it became my first book. And so that's how a lot of the conversation with even my closest friends and even my family about my childhood trauma, it came as a result of me writing because I had to tell them there are some things you're going to read um, that we've never discussed. And so let's sit down and talk about it a bit so I can prepare you for this. And so that's how I became an author. That's such an interesting journey. And I think it's really important because I know, and that's one of you know the really big things that you do talk about and that you help um, individuals with is, you know, kind of unpacking things that we're all, you know, inevitably holding in or may not even realize consciously. I think it would be interesting to kind of see like what was that experience for you? Obviously, you know, you've talked about how writing was something that was kind of easy to, for you to do and a great way for you to kind of get your thoughts out. But as you were kind of unpacking these things, did you have moments where it was difficult and you had to kind of push yourself or did you find that it was such a therapeutic um, practice that it came naturally? It was both therapeutic, but it was okay. also um hard. And the reason why I'll say that is because the thing about writing and pinning your story is that you don't realize that you relive emotions that you thought you buried. You relive, relive emotions that you thought you were past. And so if I'm writing about being hurt by something that happened 10 years ago, while I'm writing about it, I now feel that hurt again just as if it was happening today. And so that's something that um, I had to experience that I didn't realize or didn't prepare for. I had to learn that um, that couldn't stop me in my tracks because that scared me, if I'm honest. And so I had to now start journaling about this emotion. And um, that was really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And so 
that was my biggest hurdle. And then the next hurdle was truly to finish what I started because you can start anything, but finishing is always the most difficult. And so once I realized people Mm -hmm. are going to read this, this is no longer something I can hold on to in my heart. And once I finished writing, what I didn't realize, I don't know why, which is silly when I think about it now is people will ask you questions about what you've written. And so I would always get shocked when someone would say, hey, I read your book, but in chapter two, when you said X, Y, Z, I have questions about that. And I would almost get like stuck. I'm like, well, this is a personal matter. And I'm thinking, well, not really anymore because I've written about it. (laughs) So now I have to have conversations, right? And so I started having workshops. I started having intimate talks and I started just sharing my truth. Hey, listen, this is where I was. I'm still healing through this. There's shame attached to this and I'm working through it. And if you're working through it too, let's work through it together. And I, I believe that people are really appreciative of the fact that um, I was transparent and that they could relate to me because I wasn't coming as this guru who knew everything. I was coming to them as this woman who was trying to figure it out too. That's that's an awesome approach. And you actually just mentioned a word that I was thinking when you were talking, which is being transparent. And I think that's so important in such a difficult task sometimes for anyone who you know, is creating or doing something, whether they're writing a book as you have, or, you know, they're doing any other kind of project that they're presenting to the public that's coming from a personal place. I think it can be hard to, to work through that transparency and those emotions. But I think you handling it that way, and being able to relate to your audience and to say, hey, let's do this together and having that kind of humility really transforms the conversation and kind of just breaks down those barriers when you think about coming into a space that can be challenging for some people. Absolutely. It's a lot of work and energy to have it all together. (laughs) It's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. So I had to just say, I'm learning and I would love for you to take this journey with me and let's learn together. And I promise to keep you accountable. I promise to pray for you. I promise to hold your hand and let's, let's, go through this journey of becoming whole and letting God put these broken pieces together. Let's do this. And um, I'm, I'm grateful for the journey because I've become a different version of myself along the journey. So I'm grateful for it. That's fantastic. And I can, I can already, um, I can hear just how much um, joy and I would probably imagine too, just kind of peace that comes from that and being able to connect with people through your book and through life coaching. Oh, thank you so much. And I did want to add also with the hurdles of like finishing a a project, specifically like a book or any project that any creative or anybody who's a dreamer that's um, that's uh, working that they're working on is I had to specifically also as I was working through those emotions, I had to create a writing schedule for myself. And I wasn't always perfect in keeping the writing schedule, but I had to set something in place to keep myself accountable, to make time for the project, to make time for this thing that I've been saying that I wanted to do for so long, I had to make it a priority. And so I had to create a writing schedule. So that means there were a lot of Friday nights where I wasn't out hanging out, even though I wanted to, or there were some weekends where I had to be in because I was, I was determined, you know, to finish this project because I knew it was therapeutic to me, Mm -hmm. but that it would also help a lot of people as well. 
And then I had to set some smart goals that I could measure. That's that's really great. And I'm glad I was going to ask you that. So I'm glad you mentioned it. I think that it's a topic that comes up so often. And I can tell you even just in our conversations on the show and other um, other podcasts I listen to and videos that I watch of having some sort of schedule that you can stick to because I think it's so easy for us to have all of these grand ideas and then time just slips away and a month goes by and a year goes by and we haven't even started and it really is important to set down and if it's 10 minutes one hour whatever you know fits your schedule really tell yourself this is my time to work on something that is important to me absolutely even if it's one hour one hour a day, one hour a week, whatever works for you. But progress is still progress. That's absolutely. Snaps to that. (laughs) (laughs) There was something else you mentioned I wanted to ask about too, because I think it was so important. Oh, you were kind of talking about that process of, you know, completing your book and now it's out there and you're getting questions and conversation that is um, kind of being prompted by what you put out into the world. What advice would you give, you know, to someone who maybe has done something similar? They've written something, created a business, whatever their dream or their thing is, and now it's out here and they're, you know, trying to kind of navigate the space of, you know, that there's an audience now and there's people here asking questions and, you know, starting conversations from this. And obviously sometimes it can be difficult, awkward, whatever you would call it. What advice would you give someone who's kind of navigating that space? A lot of times we we ha- may have, um, depending whatever industry or genre that you are in or that you kind of identify with the most, there are people that you look up to, which you should, whether it's business, being an author, a life coach of some sort, an influencer. There are people in that space that you look up to or you aspire to be like or you guys do similar work. Absolutely okay. But the issue becomes when you try so much to be like them, Mm -hmm. that you're not yourself. I did not start being successful as a life coach and an author until I became real with being who I really was. Mm -hmm. I was really trying to be like people that I looked up to on social media. And it just wasn't clicking. And I'm like, it's just not happening. It's just not happening. And finally, I just said, I want to be myself. Yeah. You know what? I love Jesus. I'm not going to, you know, shove him down your throat, but you're going to hear about him from time to time because that's a part of my DNA. And I had to kind of be okay with that. And I realized that a lot of people were okay with that too. So I was like, oh, okay. I was stressed for no reason. And then it was like, well, when I do this, I implement this, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's all about what makes you special. So what? There's a thousand coaches. So what? There's a million authors. That's okay. But what makes you stand out and be yourself so I would just tell creatives be yourself it's okay to be different even though you might be standing alone sometimes Mm -hmm. be yourself because there is an audience there are people attached to your life and they will come so be yourself I love that and I think it I think it is such a great lesson because you mentioned you know you have found that most people are okay with that and I can definitely attest to that in my own life I think sometimes Yes, there are people who can be critics out there, but for the most part, people really do respect you for being who you are. And most people do have just a genuine respect for each other and 
and who we are as people. So a lot of times we, we worry that someone may not like us, but we're usually worrying for no reason at all. I agree a thousand percent. (laughs) (laughs) So when it comes to life coaching, let's talk about that for a little bit. So what is your favorite aspect of being a life coach? And what would you say is the most challenging aspect? The most rewarding part of it for me um, is watching the result because people hire you for the result. And if they're like, listen, this is what I want to accomplish in six months. Okay, well, we're going to work toward that. You Mm -hmm. may not love me the entire six months because I'm going to keep you accountable. I'm going to push you. I'm going to make you see yourself and you can't push this blame on anybody else. And if you could have done this alone, you would have got it and it done already. And so I will lovingly push you through the process. (laughs) Um, And so I love the end result. You know, I love the end result because we all need a little bit of push sometimes and life coaching does that. And so for me, the result is at the end when someone can say, I didn't think I could do this. And I'm like, but you've done it. Mm-hmm. Now set the next goal and aim higher now. Now that you accomplished this, you can accomplish that. And so now what are we going to do next? And just to see the transformation of somebody's mind, the transformation and the growth in somebody's confidence, the transformation of somebody's belief in mm-hmm. themselves, it's it's beautiful. I love the testimonies. I love going to a client's event. I love going to a client's book, book launch and be like, wow. We did it. So just being part of the result is like super exciting for me. That's awesome. I could definitely see that because you've watched someone through this journey and you've seen their growth and that has to be an amazing feeling. It's really amazing. They're challenging moments too. (laughs) They're challenging (laughs) moments too. Yeah. And I think the most challenging is um, when you feel you may want it more than your client. That's, hard because Mm -hmm. you see them you see the beautiful masterpiece that they are Um, they don't always see that and so the challenge is helping them to begin seeing themselves through God's eyes and not their own Mm, that's so important what what would you say personally um, that you think is important to kind of bring with you, you know, for someone, um, you know, someone's listening and they decide to work with you as a life coach or, you know, they've just embarked on that journey themselves with someone they found that works well for them. What do you think is important to really get the most out of that experience? Be fully present. Be fully present. You would be surprised at the amount of people who pay for something, but don't take full advantage. If your Mm -hmm. coach is saying, email me whenever you want. If you have questions, use their email. If they're mm-hmm. saying you get two, three sessions a month and this person never schedules a session, but they're paying every month, use, like take advantage of everything that you get from this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Whatever is covered in that agreement that you get from that coach, get it, take it, ask questions, send emails, use it. Why not? This coach has created a program. They have a module. They have a proven track record that works. And that's why you hired them. So take full advantage of the opportunity. Because most people just get afraid and they may say, well, I can't really do this. Or I thought I wanted to do this, but now I've changed my mind, which is really a belief issue. So it's bigger than the coach. It's not that the coach isn't doing a great job. 
because how how can a coach have 10 clients and eight of them are like killing it and two of them aren't so it's not a it's not a matter of oh this doesn't work it just you're not working it because it's working for some so why isn't it working for you you know so um i think i would tell that person to take advantage of the opportunity but i know that a lot of people don't because it's a belief issue in themselves because if you don't believe that you're going to do well most likely you won't put in all of the effort. That's that's great. I, I can definitely see that. And I think so many people probably start and they're not, I would imagine maybe not fully committed. And so they're not, you know, putting all the time in and, and being as, um, I guess, as conscious of um, the resources that are available to them. So that's really good advice. Where do you personally um, get your inspiration from? I get my inspiration from my quiet time. It's so important for me to quiet everything (laughs) and to really be with myself. I am really huge on being self-aware and spending time with the Lord, really allowing the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit to download to me because I don't know it all. And so I always want to make sure I'm getting instruction um, from God on what to do next and how to approach each client, each situation, each project that I'm a part of. And so I want to make sure that I'm open to that. And I also get inspiration from my closest girlfriends. They are the best thing (laughs) that has ever happened to me. I am truly blessed. I am rich in relationships with these incredible women. Um, they're non-judgmental. I can be fully emotionally naked with them. I can talk to them about anything and I am sane and happy (laughs) (laughs) because these women are in my life. So that's definitely a huge factor as well as my quiet time, the amazing relationships I have with the women in my life and just my hope. I'm always hopeful there's always a positive side to something. And so it's important for me to always have hope. And so I personally am a prisoner of hope. So those are the three things where um, I get my inspiration from. That's awesome. And when you, um, when you do your quiet time, do you have, you know, one of those like really strict sort of self-care type of routines where you're like, I have to get up at this time and do this, or is quiet time for you something that kind of comes organically throughout the day as um, it fits into your schedule? It's very organic for me. I do wake up sometimes a little earlier. That might be an hour. It might be 30 minutes. It might even be 10 minutes, but I give myself that time in the morning. I give myself that time midday. Um, if possible, if the day's not too hectic and in the evening before I go to bed, I want to just kind of let whatever happened throughout the day stay in that time. I don't want to go to bed with all this on my mind. And so quiet time mm-hmm. for me is very important, but it's super organic for me. That's awesome. Um, and I love that because I think it's, I think it helps to take some of the the stress out of it, you know, of thinking that you have to do something mm-hmm. the same way at the same time, it kind of allows you to have that same impact, but with the natural ebb and flows of, um, of your day. Absolutely. There should definitely be a freedom aspect to it. And so um, being organic is really important. Absolutely. 
what kind of um what kind of things do you have on the horizon or ahead of you projects or anything that you're working on? Well, currently I'm working on a fabulous collaboration book with a group of amazing women. And so I'm um, helping them and coaching them to get comfortable. We're writing their stories and we're coming together and we have this collaboration book. So it's basically similar to like a chicken soup for the soul series. And so we're all coming together Mm -hmm. and we are sharing our very, very unique stories in this one book. And we're working on that currently. And I get to work with these fabulous women. And so that's what I have going on. And that's going to be released this fall. So I'm super excited about it. Um, I do have two slots open. So if anybody is interested, get in contact with me at Chris Nassa everywhere. And, um, find out more information about it. And is there, before we do our lightning round, is there anything else that you would like to share or um, just anything that we didn't get to today? I just want to share with all the creatives listening that it is time for them to step out. No more hiding in the background. No No more just allowing fear to control your life. And so I want all creatives to know two things specifically. The first thing is that validation is for parking. So stop waiting for somebody to co-sign a vision that God did not give them. He gave it to you. We have this tendency to make sure that what we want to do is okay with everybody in our lives before we do it. Just do it and let Mm -hmm. people catch up with you. Nine times out of 10, you're going to look crazy anyway. So just go ahead, be the trailblazer that you were created to be and let everyone catch up. And the second thing I wanted to share is that there is a difference between desire and belief. Many times as creatives, we desire something. We desire to start the business, write the book, uh, you know, just to let our creative juices flow. But we Mm -hmm. don't believe that we can really do it. And so we don't get what we want. We get what we believe. And so I want to encourage everybody to change their belief system until you believe it you can't convince anybody else so you have to believe it before anyone else does that was very powerful I was going to say both of them especially the first one that you shared spoke to me but both of those are I think extremely important for everyone especially as you mentioned people who are um, in creative fields or are chasing dreams of any kind so thank you Thank you for sharing that because both of those were extremely important. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, All right. So we are going to play our lightning round, which is really fun. And I'm excited. Me too. All right. So the first question is going to be, what is the last book that you read? The last book that I read was Soar by T.D. Jake. What were your thoughts on it? I loved it. Because I personally love him, and I think it was a great book, and I feel like it was speaking to creatives, specifically about not allowing anything to hold us back, similar to our conversation uh, today, to not let anything hold you back, and to just keep going, and to soar higher, regardless of what's going on, because there's always going to be a reason why you can't, but you need to make sure you find the reason why you can't. Fantastic. Okay, and 
Question two. So what is a song that, um, or an artist that has kind of been stuck in your head or playing in your earphones lately? I have been listening to uh, Jamila Woods lately. I think she's yes. awesome. I'm like, wow. And there is, um, I love, I love her period, but there's a song that she has called Holy. And I think it's awesome. It's just speaking to who we are as women, our strength, you know, and it's just a great mm-hmm. celebration of women. And so I absolutely love that song. That's awesome. I love um, her voicing. Right, her her music is very powerful and um, just empowering. So that's that's an awesome choice. All right. So the last but not least question is: What is a quote saying anything um, that you either kind of live by or that you kind of maybe say to yourself when you need a, a reminder or a boost? I had a quote I heard years ago that has completely transformed my life and I live by it now. And it says, the kingdom of God is not something we pull down. It is something we pull out. Mm. It's amazing. It has completely changed the way that that I see the world. Absolutely. And it kind of reminds me of going back to um, what you mentioned earlier when you were talking about working with different clients of changing how we see ourselves and really the perceptions that we have about ourselves and the people around us and what we're capable of. Yes. Cause if we're, if we're honest, a lot of people judge themselves based on their experiences, mistakes they've made experiences they have, but my job, and I feel like my role in life <laughs> in this work that I do is to help people to see themselves through God's eyes in the default version of themselves before they made a mistake, before they were hurt, before they had trauma, who were you before that? That's who Mm -hmm. we need to focus on and allow to shine because God doesn't even see all those mistakes. You know, it's, it's not, he doesn't keep those records. And so we shouldn't Mm -hmm. either. Absolutely. And I could not agree with you more. We have to know where can we find you and follow you. And obviously, if anyone is interested um, in working with you as a life coach as well or reading one of your books, um, how can we find you? I am on all social media platforms um, at Chris Natha, C-H-R-I-S-N-A-T-H-A, <laughs> Chris Natha DeRosier, and also my online home at www dot i'm a masterpiece.com all right well um thank you so much chris natha for being here with us and for sharing so much of your journey and um your wisdom and just so much light with us here on the show it is greatly appreciated and i know that it's going to be incredibly helpful for our audience as well thank you so much for having me i had an amazing time You've been listening to Meraki Mentors Podcast with Candace Howes. We're honored you chose to spend your time with us today. To learn more about today's guest or the podcast, visit MerakiMentorsPodcast.com. Don't forget to create and connect.